of the book of Job. They never fail to call to mind for me that beautiful old sentence, things will not always hurt the way they do now, which perhaps was the case for Job. Once Job made it as far as this morning's passage, perhaps things did not hurt as deeply as they did back in chapters 1 and 2 when so much pain and loss broke Job's heart and crushed Job's spirit. Perhaps, but who can say for certain? After all, the children Job loved and lost back at the beginning of the book would never, for Job, be less loved or less loss. So who can say how much of Job's pain has settled and eased by the time Job emerges from his long struggle? Job coming out of the long hard struggle with what today's lesson calls twice as much, a happy ending to a sad story, but an ending with which we must take great care, lest the church create the sunny side of the street impression that the ending to every hard story will be as triumphant as the last chapter of Job's story. Which is not to say that sorrow never leads to something good. To the contrary, sorrow and loss often lead us to a more thoughtful, mindful, kind, and gentle life than ever we might have known without our sorrow or trouble, tragedy or loss. A truth which leads some to say that God actually sends us trouble to make us better and that God allows tragedy to break our hearts so we can emerge from the darkness more gentle and kind. All suffering, a part of the plan of God. You encounter that kind of theology nearly everywhere you turn in our corner of the world. And while I myself do not share it, I certainly understand it. I understand why so many dear and good souls 
are so strongly drawn to that way of thinking as a way of making sense of life. I myself once embraced that way of thinking, but then it occurred to me one day that to say that all suffering was either sent to us or allowed for us in the will and plan of God would require us to assign even unspeakably tragic, violent, and sinful things to the will and plan of God. And for me, that would be to sacrifice too much of the goodness and love of God on the altar of the power and control of God. I would rather sit with what William Sloan Coffin said after the tragic and sudden death of his young son, which was that when Alex died, of all hearts, God's heart was most broken. That just rings more true to the deepest and best that I know of God than all the other ways of talking about God which actually sort of make more sense of life. However, while I do not believe that everything which happens is always in God's plan, I do believe that all of us are always held in God's hands and that God is always at work in our lives. In good things and bad things, in joy and in sorrow, God always at work in our lives to bring us into a deeper, more thoughtful, mindful, kind, and gentle way of being in the world. Pain and struggle opening us up to God and others in ways which often do leave us like Job with twice as much, not twice as much security or power, comfort or success, but twice as much empathy and understanding, kindness and compassion. Rarely has anyone captured that possibility more beautifully than Naomi Shihab Nye in her poem, Kindness, in which she writes, before you can learn the tender gravity of kindness, before you can know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must first know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak in it until your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the full size of sorrow's cloth. 
Then she continues, it will be only kindness that will make sense to you anymore. Only kindness which ties your shoes in the morning and sends you out into the day going with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend or as Barbara Brown Taylor so powerfully said there are some people in whom pain burns away everything trivial petty and small until they become see-through with light. Pain and struggle, sadness and loss can do that in us and for us. That miraculous alchemy of human suffering and the Holy Spirit transforming our lives for the better because pain is as surgical as surgery is painful. Pain and sorrow, struggle and loss can actually open us up that deeply. It isn't guaranteed, of course. We don't all always emerge from sorrow and loss twice as thoughtful and gentle, empathetic and kind. But we can. And more often than not, we do. Somehow the Spirit of God finds a new opening in our brokenness. And as Ernest Hemingway once famously said, we become strong at the broken places. Our own version of Job's twice as much ending. Our arms twice as open. Our words twice as careful. Our embrace twice as wide. Our spirit twice as patient and welcoming, understanding and kind as we used to be before the sorrow and the pain emerging from our worst and hardest struggles with what that great preacher Howard Thurman used to call quiet eyes, the quiet eyes of those who have seen real suffering. Twice as much the person of grace that ever we would have been without the pain. Not because God planned or sent 
our greatest sorrows, but because God feels and carries our greatest sorrows. God doing what God does, wringing whatever good can be wrung from the hardest and worst that life can do. The God who raised Jesus from the grave, bringing whatever is best from whatever is worst until that far off someday when things really will no longer hurt the way they do now. Amen. As we come to close of this hour of worship, we invite you to make important decisions for our Lord and our Lord's church during this time. 